Thank you all for sharing. I think it was uh, about three weeks ago we had uh, some of our songs were sang in Spanish, were sung in Spanish, and it's nice to have it in Romanian today. It's great to know that the Word of God is not limited to the English language, and we are very grateful for you guys sharing with us today. Uh, it is a privilege to be able to share with you, and I have Tim setting up some chairs for me right now just as a, a way of illustration for you today. I had Josh read a passage of scripture to you this morning. I want to read it real quick just uh, um, from the New Living Translation. This is the version that I read from typically at home. Uh, And then much of what I will read later will be from the NIV. It says this, Write this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable, poor, blind, and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also buy white garments for me, so you will not be shamed by your nakedness. And ointment for your eyes, so you will be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love, so be diligent and turn from your indifference. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. When I was a kid, one of the games that we enjoyed playing often, especially at uh, school and different, uh, even church activities, was musical chairs. Do most of you remember playing this at some point or another? The object of the game uh, was to be in possession of a chair when the music came to a stop. All through life, it would seem that we are caught up in this game in some way or another. Sometimes without even knowing it, the decisions we make and the paths we choose place us in different chairs, so to speak. Some of those chairs, for example, might include the principal's office chair, the kitchen chair, the rocking chair. It seems like many of us are moving more toward that The lazy boy chair, we all appreciate that. And of course, there are others who would eventually end up in the electric chair, which isn't really one we want. Well, today I want to focus on three chairs. But as I do, I want to, first of all, put a plug in for a book. And you guys know I don't normally plug books while I'm up here, but it's a book that has encouraged me and it has helped me for many years in ministry. It's called Experiencing Spiritual Breakthroughs. It's by a guy named Dr. Bruce Wilkinson. And I want to encourage you, within this book, there is uh, the principle of three chairs, and we're going to use that over the next month or so. We're not going to actually preach it in the way he teaches it, but the idea itself uh, comes from that book. The three chairs as we see them today are the chairs of conflict, compromise, and commitment. Considering our passage from Revelation chapter 3, it is easy for us to identify each one. Just to remind you, listen to verse 15 and 16. 
I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Obviously, the chair of conflict is the one that would represent the one who is cold. The one who does not necessarily have a right relationship with God. In fact, to take this further, this would more than likely be someone who has never even made a claim to faith in Christ. They find satisfaction in themselves. This is the chair of the lost. We live in a world full of lost people. When we refer to the lost, we are talking about those who, if the Lord were to return here today, they would be lost to an eternity in hell. These are those who may or may not be good people, but they have yet to surrender their lives to Jesus Christ, seeking his forgiveness and his redemption. These would be those who would make no claim to a genuine faith, although lately they, that may not be an accurate statement. For example, some would assume that they are Christians solely based on their national origin or their family heritage. Because my grandma was a Christian, well, that must mean that I am a Christian. Or because I'm an American, that makes me a Christian. Well, these are not necessarily true statements. The one who is in the seat of conflict is the one who is simply not in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, let me suggest to you that if God had it his way, nobody would ever be in that chair. Nobody would ever be in a position of conflict with God. Yet God knew all the way back in the New Testament times, and I would say even back at the moment of creation, that there would be plenty of people who would be in that particular chair. Listen to the words of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 2, which says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. Galatians 5, 19 and 21 adds to it. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's from the New Living Translation. Now, the sad reality is that this paints a picture of all those who are being lost as being bad people, but that is not necessarily true. Some of the best people that we know are people who have made no claim to Christ, but their goodness won't get them into heaven. The reality is that many outside the body of Christ, though, are very well described in this passage. Consider how accurately that passage describes our culture today. The things that are in there are things that we see every time we turn on our television set, every time we even talk to our neighbors. 
sexual immorality, hostility, disobedient to their parents, outbursts of anger. They're all a part of our culture every single day. As I saw the news media yesterday that Josh referenced during his prayer, reference to the shooting that happened at the Walmart there in Texas, I see a world that is very much spiritually cold. To my knowledge, they still have no identity. They have not identified his motives. But the truth is that his motives are irrelevant. What matters is his actions and his heart are clearly in conflict with our God. None of that should surprise us. But don't develop a distaste for those who are lost, those who are in the chair of conflict They are the ones that Jesus himself came to reach. He loves them greatly enough that, as was mentioned earlier, he would be willing to give his own life for them. They are not lost causes. In fact, I'm not even sure that there is such a thing as a lost cause. I read a beautiful passage about a week and a half ago recently. It was from Jeremiah 31, verses 33 through 34. It says this, But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them. I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors. Listen to this. They will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, You should know the Lord. For everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already, says the Lord. And I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. Do you understand that God never intended for anybody to be in this seat of conflict with him? But rather, his heart, his desire, his promise is that one day we will be in a right relationship with him. And instead of being at that end of the chairs, we'll be at the other. Do you know that's where we began in the first place? Do you know when God created the heavens and the earth and he created Adam and Eve, they had perfect communion, perfect fellowship with an almighty God. They were able to walk together and talk together in the Garden of Eden and there was no shame because there was no sin either. That is the relationship that God desires for his people. So don't give up hope, but realize that that is not the seat that you want to be in. The second chair is not the seat of conflict, but rather the seat of compromise. The term that is used in our passage is lukewarm. It gives the image of being at room temperature, which on a really hot day, and you're sweating and you're wishing you could get a drink, you'll take a glass of lukewarm water. But you know what? When I think of lukewarm, my thought goes beyond just water. Lukewarm milk is not much fun to drink. How about a hot cup of coffee that just turned out to be lukewarm instead? A great way to look at this chair is it involves much concession in our lives, giving in, lowering our standards, settling for less than what God desired for us. 
It is a chair often without character or even boundaries. I can do basically whatever I want. We use the statement, I can do this just once. This is the chair that I would refer to as the last day's chair. It could be said of this seat that this person who sits in this chair seeks to include the God of the universe in their lives. But what God really wants is our lives to be formed around the God of the universe. He's not just something that we occasionally add into our lives. He is our life. 1 Timothy 4 verse 1 says, The Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. 2 Timothy 4.3 says, For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine, instead to suit their own evil desires. They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. This is the seed of compromise. We're talking about people that just want a feel-good message with no real conviction. Let me feel good when I walk out of church. Don't convict me of my sin. Don't tell me that something that I've done is wrong. Let me just feel good when I leave church on Sunday morning. Some of the greatest speakers in the church today are really good at making us feel good. Maybe what the church needs is not to feel good, but to feel conviction and to realize that some of the things that we have allowed into our lives do not belong. It should be noted that there is a sense of disgust with this particular seat. Jesus' words to the church of Laodicea is pretty direct. He says, I wish you were either one or the other. I wish you were hot or I wish you were cold. In other words, what he's saying is, I would rather you be cold than to be lukewarm. Now, I understand when he says, I wish you were one or the other, he's also saying, I wish you were hot. And that makes sense. He wants us to be passionately sold out for him, but you've settled for being lukewarm. But then he says, man, I, I wish you were cold. If all you're going to be is lukewarm, I'd rather you just be cold. Remember that I began with the statement that God has never planned or desired for any of his people, anybody that he created, to be in conflict with him. So why would he declare that I would rather you be in conflict with me rather than in the seat of compromise? He goes on to say that he is so disgusted by the seat of compromise that he is about to spit us out of his mouth. In the King James Version, it uses a word that seems a little more graphic, to spew you out of his mouth. It gives an image of something disgusting. I remember watching a group of teens participate in a milk-chugging contest at a youth camp on a hot summer day in Pennsylvania. On that day, I repeatedly saw what it means to spew as previously consumed milk spewed from the mouths of these young people. It is disgusting. But why would God prefer us to be cold rather than lukewarm? Why would he look and say, you disgust me? 
Why would he prefer the seat of conflict over the seat of compromise? I wonder if it has anything to do with the fact that in compromise, we still take on the name of Jesus Christ. Now think about this for a minute. When you sit in this, I need to move these for a second. Those in the middle, you just have to assume I'm still here. Sorry. When you sit in the seat of compromise, you have claimed the name of Jesus Christ. You'll tell people that you're a Christian, that you have made a decision to follow Christ. Yet you will live like you're in the seat of conflict. What kind of message does that send to the watching world around us? When they look at you and they say, well, that's what a Christian looks like, but you're actually living like one who is in the seat of conflict. Do you understand why that would disgust God so much? He never intended for us to be the light to the world that actually shows darkness instead of light. He intended us. He intended for us to display the light of Jesus Christ. It is so bright that nobody could ever distinguish, extinguish it. But many of us have settled for a lukewarm, compromised Christian life. Notice that in the passage, we are told that they think they're okay. They look at themselves and they think, we're in good shape. We're better than other people. We are a holy people. We are a blessed people. God must truly love us and be proud of us. Yet they are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. What if our righteousness did nothing but disgust God because we had settled for something less than he ever intended for us. I look at the church today, and truthfully, this concerns me greatly. I know we haven't even talked about the chair of commitment yet, but I, I want you to understand that I look at this chair of compromise, and I have this fear that that is the most commonly sat in chair in the church. Maybe that would explain why we see so much unfaithfulness within our marriages. Maybe that would explain why we see the same actions of immorality happening within the church that we see happening outside the church. Maybe that would explain why the church no longer displays the power of God, but instead we have taken on a form of godliness denying its power. Nobody should ever want to be in the seat of compromise because it is not the seat that God intended for you. If that is us, then we need to turn to God for repentance and hope. One of the most beautiful images within this passage is not just that there is a sense of accusation. That's there. They are guilty. They have behaved in a manner that is unworthy of even taking the name of Christ. But he doesn't leave them without hope. He tells them, I counsel you to buy for me gold refined in the fire. And then he goes through a list of all these other things. And what he's saying is, whatever you need, it is here with me. God has offered us redemption. 
He has offered us forgiveness. He can take that which is compromised. And he can make it whole and he can make it pure again. When we discover that, we also discover what this final chair is actually for. It is the chair of commitment. It is when we entrust or to give charge to it. Basically us saying, I am yours. I fully surrender everything to you. I will tell you, this is God's favorite chair. And it's the one that is intended for every individual he has ever created. It is the hot seat, but it is the hot seat in a good way. Luke chapter 9, verse 57 through 62 says, As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, Follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. What Jesus was looking for in these three individuals was not compromise. He wasn't saying, you know, if, if you've got time and you want to work me in, Man, I would love to be a part of your life. What he's saying is, I need you to be all in. I need you to be fully committed to this thing that you call a relationship with God. This isn't something you add to what already exists in your life, but now you shape everything in your life around him. I will tell you, it's a costly chair. These three individuals are making excuses because they don't want to have to walk this journey. They like the idea of calling themselves Christians. They like the idea of receiving the blessings that God would have to offer. But they're not really ready to sacrifice of themselves. What if God called me to do something I don't want to do? Philippians 3, 7 through 11 says, But whatever was to my profit... I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Whatever is more, I consider everything a loss. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. This is the Apostle Paul speaking, who knew what it was to be prosperous. And when he chose to walk in a path that would honor Christ, it required a sacrifice. He couldn't be the same person he was. He couldn't take all of the accolades that he had received from other people. But he knew that this was right. So he chose to walk away from all of it. To follow after Christ. I want to challenge you today. You need to identify the chair that you have been sitting in. 
I was talking with a group one time, and as I shared, um, I used this particular message, and I had a lady, super nice lady, I'm not going to tell you her name, because I think sometimes she may listen to my services uh, online. As I talked about the different chairs that were there, she, uh, she said, Pastor, I, I confess that I want very much to be in the chair of commitment. But she said, sometimes I look and I feel like I got one cheek on one chair and one cheek on the other. And I understood what she meant. You see, I think sometimes we really want to be committed to Christ, to this call all these other things start working into our lives and we lose focus. And the next thing you know, you realize that you've shifted. You're no longer all that committed to him. It requires a daily focus, sometimes maybe even more than every day, every minute. Philippians 3, 12 through 14, and this is how I'll close, says this. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Identify which chair you're in and then determine in your heart that you will stay where you need to be. If you are over here in the chair of conflict, it is time to get up and to move. And the only way to do that is through repentance, to come to Jesus Christ and allow his spirit to come in, allow his forgiveness to wash all the sins away. If you're in the seat of compromise, it is time for you to get up. Jesus says in Revelation chapter 3, I wish you were even in the cold seat. But you know what I really want? I want you over here in this one because I've always wanted that. It is time to stop settling for compromise. It's time to get up. And the only thing we can do is the same thing we needed to do over in the seat of conflict. It's time for us to repent. To go before our God and allow him to wash us clean. Him to give us close. Him to give us all the things that we need for life. It's the same answer. If you're over here in the seat of commitment, dig in. Don't ever reach a point where you become satisfied because there is so much more that God has for you. If you wait until tomorrow, I heard Josh say it earlier, you're not guaranteed that tomorrow will come. So it is time for you and for me to evaluate the seat which we sit in today. Are you in the seat of conflict, the seat of compromise, or the seat of commitment? Or maybe you've got a cheek on each side. If you're not fully seated in the seat of commitment to Christ, it is time to repent. It is time to choose a different seat. If you would bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Father, as we come before you, we recognize that we are a people that are not as faithful as you are to us. 
some of us today may even be still seated in the seat of conflict. We wouldn't even call ourselves Christians. We assume that we're talking about people outside the church, but that's probably not true. There are probably people who attend service every week and they're just going through the motions of church. And they know that their heart is still in conflict with you. There are others that are in here today that maybe they've been in that seat of commitment before, but somewhere along the way, instead of being hot, they began to drift and they began to realize that compromise had come in. And they no longer are committed, but rather compromised. Father, I pray today that you would bring forgiveness. You tell us that if we confess our sins, that you are faithful and just, and you will forgive us our sins. But like the woman who had been caught in adultery, you declare to us that you do not condemn us, but now we must go and sin no more. So I pray right now that those who are in the seat of conflict or those who are in the seat of compromise, that you would begin the process right now by allowing us to truly seek your grace and to seek that commitment with you. And then I pray that you would help us to go and sin no more. Help us to live like we have gotten up and we have moved to the other chair where we have begun to allow sin to creep in. I pray that from this moment forward, that would not be a description of us. I pray that we would become a people that are truly committed to you above all else. For those of us who are in the seat of commitment, Father, may we never, ever drift. Lord, if there be sin right now, I pray that you would remove it and draw us closer to you, that we would truly, truly be on fire for our God. In Christ's name we pray, amen. I want to challenge you and encourage you. If you today would say, I have been seating in the seat of, sitting in the seat of conflict, or I've been sitting in the seat of compromise, do more than just say some prayer that you may have just done. I encourage you to find someone to talk to, someone who can hold you accountable, someone who will help push you. I encourage you to begin to develop patterns that will help that seed of commitment to develop in your life so that you can truly become that reflection of God that he intended you to be. I would love to hear from you myself so that I can pray specifically for you. Know that God has always desired for you to be over here. So stay there. It is a privilege to have you with us today and to be able to worship and to dig into God's word. And I pray that you have been challenged. I also pray that God would continue to speak to you as we leave this place. Thank you for being with us and go in peace.